you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to Psalm 16. About the middle of your book there, Psalm 16. Psalm 116. Excuse me, 16, I'm sorry. One or the other. I don't know where my mind was. It wasn't with my tongue, was it? I was reading the first verse. Psalm 16. I don't see any pages turning, don't hear any turning, so I'm assuming you're there. Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. Father, we ask a question. We ask you to preserve us. And I pray that you'd help us to put our trust in you and not in those things that surround us, neither with people that surround us, but to put our trust in you. And you said everything else would work out for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. We see in verse 1, um, if you keep your Bible open, I just want to walk through this uh, with you. Um, we see a prayer for protection. Um, the psalmist here just simply says, preserve me. I don't know about your Bible, but the word preserve, all the letters are capitalized. Preserve me, keep me, save me, hold me, keep me where I am supposed to be. Oh God, he says. And the reason being, the reason I want you to preserve me is because I have put my trust in you. That's a prayer that is personal. Uh, we see protection, we see personal. Um, we also see um, the prayer uh, in verse 2, he goes into a poverty state. He says, oh my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, thou art my Lord, my goodness extendeth not to thee. He's getting away, he's gotten away. You know, things have a way of drawing us away from God. I mean, we people, uh, all of us, we have many possessions, what would it be like? Now listen carefully. What would it be like? We're trying to raise money for, for the extra thing that we're building. What would it be like tonight, seriously, if we in our heart ask God to reveal to us what is the most valuable thing that we own and ask him to help us just to turn it loose, sell it, put the money in here, or bring it and, and give it to God? What would it do? Think about it. Your most prized possession. What is it worth? Well, for the one who has it, it's worth a lot. <laughs> for the one who wants it, it's not worth a whole lot. You know, we buy things and, and uh, hope to maybe um, make a profit on them. That was one of the things that I picked up. I hadn't, we had, Lynn and I hadn't been in Africa no time. And we picked up on, hey, it's about profit. Making a profit. And, uh, you know, that's what we want to do. If we have something, uh, we, we invest. If we invest in something, we're hoping to make a profit on that. And so he, he's going into this mode. Hey, you know, he's put things probably before God. But then in verse 3, we see a prayer of praise. He says, but to the saints that are in the earth and to the excellent in whom is all my delight. Bible also says, delight thyself also in the Lord. Bring it to attention. 
that God is God and that he is in control. He is in charge of regardless of what man might say. Verse 4 says, Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God. Like the scripture this morning, confess and turn away from it. Um, he says, their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. The Bible talks about that God's not going to hear our prayers of the saints if we harbor sin in our life, okay? Now, harboring, if you, uh, well, go down to Portman Shoals if you want to and look at the, I'm going to call them yachts, okay? Just ride through there. I mean, some of them have been tied up so long, they got, I don't know what you call them things, growing on the motors. I mean, vomits and boogers growing on the motors. They've been sitting there so long, not being used. And uh, you know, it's amazing uh, the things that we have that we don't really need, we don't uh, use, and they become a, a, a god. But what are they worth? The Bible talks about laying up treasure, uh, not on earth here, because somebody's always wanting what you got. I mean, uh, they're set out to take what you got, one way or the other. But it says you need to lay these treasures up in heaven. How do you do that? By offering ourselves to him. I mean, completely giving ourselves to God, and all that we have, it belongs to him. He's given it to us. He has just put it on loan with us. I forget who it was, and you might be sitting here this morning uh, or this evening and says, uh, I have one, I'll let you use it if I can find it. Hey, I'm the same way. I know I got it, but I'm not sure where it is. Um, well, that's how it goes in this life. Uh, we have too much stuff. Uh, look at verse 5. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance. We're talking about a divine inheritance, okay? Um, many people today, they're waiting on the uh, older folk to uh, pass on uh, to see what the will says they have, that they have inherited. But if the Lord is my portion of my inheritance and of my cup, thou maintainest my lot. Those things that I have, thou maintainest those things if I will use those things. And it starts with us, okay? It starts with us. What do we do with our hands? Think about a whole week. What, will we, what are we doing with our hands, okay? Hey, we do a lot of motion, and I mean, some of us can't say a word without giving a gesture somewhere. Um, I'm sure I told you this. If I didn't, I want to tell you. Uh, Lynn and I were getting ready to leave the house uh, one afternoon, and, and Josh and Brody were out there in the shop. And I just, in my mind, I said, I want to go out there and tell them goodbye. We'll be back after a while. Well, I walked up. I had dress clothes on. I didn't want to get too close to them because they was dirty and greasy. And so I'm standing there, and I'm, I'm making a, you know. And so I got back in the car, and Lynn says, Was you fussing at them? I said, No. She said, I saw you point your finger. Well, hey. That's just how it goes with me. I use my hands. <laughs> and so, you know, we, we make gestures. And in this divine inheritance that God has given us, it's also a daily experience. There in verse 5 also. It's a daily thing. Um, most of this week already, unless God changes things. 
every day and almost every night is taken. Okay? I mean, in with something. Um, I don't know what will be going on Wednesday, but I, I want to tell you I'm having some kind of procedure, okay? Uh, and the doctor says it'll last five hours, so I've got to be over in Easley uh, by 8.15. And uh, if I'm not going to make it back, I'll let you know, okay? If they're going to send me on, if they're going to pray me back or, or whatever. But anyway, the daily experiences, the things that come our way, what are we going to do with them? God offers and gives us opportunities uh, to, to use what he has given us through those talents and those gifts. Hopefully you are using and discovering uh, your gifts with that uh, spiritual inventory. Uh, there's still some back there. If you, if you haven't picked up one, please, I beg you. Even if you're a guest tonight, pick up one. If you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, you need to take that thing and find out. Look at verse 6. The lines are falling. Now, I know about lines. We pull a line if we want something run straight. Okay? We pull a line. Now, that line, uh, if, it, if it's slack, it's not going to make it. You know, when I first got to uh, Africa and met the, the guy who they called the builder, I mean, he was in charge of building a secondary school. He had a crew of men, and uh, I mean, they really worked. Well, long story short, when the time come to build a barn, uh, we had made, uh, the boys had made somewhere around 3,000 blocks, one at a time. And um, we got the foundation dug and, and started putting the thing in and started laying block on the line. And, and he had gotten there a day before I did. And uh, the, what he was using for line was a piece of twine twine and he had it pulled pretty tight and I sighted it down through there and, and it was just like that right there because he couldn't get the he couldn't get the uh, the slackness out of it no matter how hard he pulled it so we laid block out there and then and then I pulled out my line and I said I showed him this I said uh, I said let let me use my line you know you got to do signs you um, it'd probably be a sight to see the video on the sign language <clears throat> So we pulled the line, pulled it really tight, and I showed him with a rule. You know, hey, you start out here with eight, you get down here, you're about a nine and a half. And uh, so he looked at it, and we started laying. Long story short, I left him trials. Some of you have given tools and money and trials and all kind of stuff to do his job better. And uh, he, he was so thankful uh, for the little things. I'm mean, talking little things, just a line. The Bible says the line has fallen. Upon me in pleasant places. In other words, <coughs> the line has fallen upon me. Maybe the line will fall upon you this week that you will have to take and use what God has given you to show somebody else here is a better way of living. Okay, the line has fallen. He says, I have a goodly, a goodly heritage. Um, look at verse 7. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. You know, we don't like to be told what to do. We don't like to be told, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. You've got to change this, change that. But he says, the Lord hath given me counsel. That's a personal promise. And we need to accept that. That, that when God gives us that, he says, my reigns also instruct me in the night seasons. Can't sleep at night. Hey, uh, it's amazing. I've solved a lot of problems 
or, or been helped to solve a lot of problems through dreaming. You know, it's so real. You go to bed with it on your heart and your mind. It's so real. And you dream about it. And, and then you try it. And hey, what about it? It worked. <laughs> it does. It's amazing. You know, we lay down to go to sleep. But this thing up here just a working away. I mean, I don't know that the brain ever rests. But sometimes we'll say, you need to give your brain a rest. And then somebody might say, well, it's been kicked out of gear for years. I'm really going to worry about it, giving it a rest. Uh, look, at, look, look at verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me. Can we say that? I have set the Lord before me. If we do, it's an example of faith. I can't handle everything. I don't know how to handle everything. I don't know what to say in situations sometimes. And so we need to set the Lord before us and ask him uh, for that guidance. It's an, it's an example of faith. But look also that verse says, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. We sing that song. I shall not be moved. If we're sitting with God, we're seated with him. That's an encouragement. The encouragement of faith is when we're seated with him on the right hand side. And the verse 9 says, therefore, my heart is glad. You know, I like to be glad, don't you? I like to be glad that things are going well. It makes us happy. And gladness for the Christian can only come from, from, from God. Happiness for the Christian can only come from loyalty to God. Happiness for the Christian is all I need, okay? And happiness for the Christian will determine which way I'm going. Oh, now the world says I, I, you can be happy if you do this. It's amazing to me, yeah. Well, let's try it. Hey, it don't work long. It don't satisfy long. And we have to do it all over again. Uh, that's the enjoyment of faith. Look at verse 10. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. You know, hell has power. And the demons of hell are roaming the earth with great power, drawing people to come this away. You know, I think of the years and years ago when, when Lynn and I, were, before we was ever even married, would go to the fair and, and you walk down these, uh, the areas where all the games are and everybody's a shouting and a waving you in and holding up these uh, wonderful looking gifts that you can win. All you got to do is do this and, and you can win. Just that simple. But you got to pay first. You got to pay first. And you keep on paying. And first thing you know, you've got so much invested, you can't quit. I was with my friend one night and he spent every dime he had trying to win a, a teddy bear for somebody. I mean, I'm talking a teenage boy. After he spent every dime he had he, did, he, he, he started crying, literally, because he had thrown away his money. He had been enticed, and the devil is the same way. And he says, uh, for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, but look where, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. That holy one is the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? Our Father sent Jesus to this earth. Jesus has already, listen, already done all the suffering and the bleeding that he's going to have to do. When he comes back, he's coming back in his glory, in his majesty, and 
coming for you and for me, and not in corruption, but in a life that is everlasting. Look at verse 11. Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. I believe God wants us to last him a long time. And the way that'll happen if we're obedient and productive for him. The Bible says that if we uh, honor our mother and father, that the days on this earth will be long. And people have the idea, well, my mother and dad has been gone a long time, so I don't have to do that. Oh, no. It's, it's on and on forever that we honor our mother and our father. And I've told you this many times. I want to remind you of it. My daddy taught me to work. My mother taught me to tithe. And I'm still doing both in honor of what they spent on me as far as time goes teaching me of what to do and how to do and when to do. Now, he says in his word, uh, trust me, prove me, and see if I don't open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on you that you won't even be able to contain it. But sometimes we're so stingy. You know, our windows, and I discovered this this past week and us doing all the demolition, uh, you know, it was real stuffy in there and dust a flying and when we tried to raise some windows, hey, them windows hadn't been raised in so long. I don't, be, I don't believe they will be raised when Jesus comes. I mean, they just don't believe in the resurrection at all. We took crowbars trying to get the things up to get some air. And, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, they just wouldn't, they, they could have sang, I shall not be moved. I mean, you know, they, uh, I was afraid it was going to break a pain, so we just quit. Um, but the writer says, in Psalm 16, preserve me that I will have a goodly heritage. He said, I am so established in following the Lord, I shall not be moved. I want to tell you, I believe in the old time religion. I asked Mark a moment ago, I said, is that him in our new hymn? He said, no, it's not. You know, give me that old time religion. It was good for Paul and Silas. It's got to be good for me. It was good for my mama and my daddy. It's got to be good for me. That old-time religion. Let me tell you about that old-time religion right quick. It's a feeling, okay? It is a feeling. Verse 11 talks about joy. And Psalm 100 talks about praising. Uh, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lambs, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. It's a feeling. It's, a, it's something that makes us feel good. We enjoy uh, doing that which God has called us to do. And it's amazing when we look at it that it gives us peace that passes all understanding. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth you, give I you peace, but it's the peace that I give you is going to keep you and comfort your hearts. John 14 says, let not your heart be troubled. Hey, you believe in God, believe also in me. And you know the rest, that God's preparing, through Jesus Christ, preparing us a place. We have it. It's already there in place for every born again child of God. This old time religion not only is a feeling, but it's also will lead us to be faithful. Faithful in our living. Uh, Luke six forty six. Bible says, why call me Lord, Lord, and do not what I say? 
Why do you want to call me that? He said, what I want you to do is let your light so shine before men that they'll see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. We see the, the faithfulness in our living. We also see faithfulness in our loving. You know, now don't you listen. If there's someone in this congregation, not necessarily tonight, but in, our, in, the, in the life and the family of this church that you can't love, you need to get done something, get something done about it. If you can't love people, then you got a problem. I think about it many times. Who is it that I don't love? I can't think of anybody I don't love. I can think of some things I don't like about them, but loving them, hey, I don't have a problem loving them. Now, you know, it's, it's no trouble to love somebody who loves you back, but try loving your enemies. That's what the Bible says. Love those enemies. Pray for them. No, we go about, we criticize them, yak them, talk them down uh, instead of doing what the Bible says. So this faithfulness, <clears throat> not only in our living and our loving, but also in our learning. Uh, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn off me. And he tells us why. He said, because I am meek and lowly in heart. And if you'll do it, I'll see that your soul finds rest. Rest. Well, this old time religion it gives us a good feeling, and if we're faithful to God, he will honor and bless us. But I want to tell you something else about this old-time religion or bring about a fire. A fire. I'm going to give you some examples, okay? In Exodus 3, verses 1 and 2, it's where the burning bush was burning, and Moses saw it burning. And when he turned aside to see this thing, the Bible says that the fire did not consume it. It was burning, but it didn't burn up the bush. And as he drew closer to see, God said, hey, stop where you are. I want you to take your shoes off. Because the spot right where you're standing is holy ground. The fire, though, drew attention uh, to him. In Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, when that crowd was assembled together in the upper room, no less than 120 people, the Bible says that fire came in as of cloven tongues of fire and sat upon every one of them and they spoke the gospel in everybody's language so everybody could hear. That fire is important. It's also an exciting fire. In Luke 23, 32, when the two disciples, after Jesus has been put on the cross and died and buried, they were walking on the road to Emmaus, Cleophas and, some, and one of the others, and they were discussing the matters that had taken place over the last few days. And Jesus, the Bible says, joined himself to them. They did not recognize him until they asked him to spend the night, and they had sat down for a meal, and he asked the blessing. And then they said, did not, our hearts burn within us. It's a fire. Um, I just lost my train of thought. It's a fire. Uh, Ezekiel, wasn't it? Ezekiel said the, it's a, the, the, my, the fire was in my bones. I had to let it out. I had to preach and teach and share Jesus because it was burning within my soul. So we, we see this old time religion is a good, it's a good feeling. Uh, it, it'll bring about faithfulness. It'll bring about fire in our life. But let me tell you, last of all, it'll, it'll bring about the fervency, the dedication. How dedicated are we? I look at Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. 
Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's wine, neither would he defile himself with the king's meat. But he said, hey, if you'll give me water and you give me vegetables for 10 days, I promise you, you will see a difference. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel. And that's what happened. And it proved out. Daniel was right because he trusted in the living God. And because he was so dedicated to God, it brought about determination in his life. It, well, he was determined to follow God. And I, that's what I want us to do, y'all. It doesn't make any difference. You know, there's something we can't know is what's ahead for this church. Okay? We don't know. We, we're making plans. We're giving. We're praying. We're going. But only God knows what's ahead for this church. And whatever it is, I want to be a part of it. I, I want to be dedicated to it. I want to be determined to work and serve the Lord regardless of what comes. So, I simply say, like the old song says, give me that old time religion. That's what I want. That's what we've always talked. That's what we have preached. That's what the Bible talks about. And why should we change the way this says do it? Amen? Father, thank you for the privilege tonight. Thank you for those who've set aside a time to be back in your house this evening. Father, we thank you for Mac and all those who are with him right now. All of our youth. Lord, I know they're excited. And I pray for that church that they're going to be working with. I pray that every one of our students and every adult would be willing to cooperate and to get out of their shell and to follow you regardless. And as Brother Larry has sung, people need the Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Whatever.